Welcome to the Future Female Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Harrop, and it's my mission to help create more female leaders in the workplace. If you're in a position where you have a leader, but they're not necessarily a coach to you, you're in luck because today I am bringing on guest Jennifer Moore, and she is going to help answer so many questions and give you ideas and ways that you can help your leader become an actual coach to help you grow in your career. You're not going to want to miss it. But before we jump in, real quick, I wanted to let you know that I have a freebie for you. It is a preview of the Career Growth Guide. So if you want to grow in your career faster but without the burnout, click the link in the show notes and you'll get that preview of exactly what you can do to start growing in your career today. Be sure to check it out, and we'll go ahead and get into the interview with Jennifer Moore. Enjoy. Hey, everyone. I have got Jennifer Moore with me today. Jennifer, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Nicole. Amazing. All right. As I normally do, I will tell everyone a little bit about how I got connected with Jennifer. I recently posted on LinkedIn looking for some help and Jennifer quickly commented and followed up in the DM saying, hey, I've got some people I'd love to connect you with and was so helpful. And from there, we just sparked a conversation. And because of our conversation, I thought she would be a great guest and has so much knowledge to share with everyone. So I am very much looking forward to this topic. I think it's going to be a popular one. (laughs) I didn't even know you had a podcast when we connected. So when you said, you want to be on my podcast? I thought, oh, sure. You know, like a lot of people are starting content, but you have 250 episodes almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got Almost 150 episodes and recently surpassed 125,000 lifetime downloads. So it's taken, you know, four years to get here. I'm not an overnight success. And I will scream that from the rooftops to make sure that anyone wanting to start something, I can easily show the receipts that it has taken time to get here, but very much proud and love hearing people starting to share a little bit more on social media too about how much they're loving it. Yes, that's so great. Yeah, I, I've listened to some of the episodes and it's it's awesome. It's a great resource. Thank you. Yes, that's exactly why I started it when even that four short years ago, there weren't a lot of women sharing about the message in the same way that I wanted to. And now there's so many more female voices, female podcasters in general, which is amazing. And I love that there are so many more options because I get I'm not everyone's cup of tea and that is okay. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'd love for you to introduce yourself, Jennifer, and share a little bit about yourself so that the listeners can kind of get a sense of your background and same with personally share a little bit about yourself as well. Sure. So I have been in tech for 20 years. I've been in product that whole time and just been in various roles. So I started out writing procedures as a technical writer at a startup, 17th employee. And then I moved into processes and then I moved into projects, programs, portfolios, and then eventually jumped into product management. So yes, obsessed with all the P's. (laughs) Uh, 
<laughs> and from product management, I've kind of had the opportunity to dabble a little bit in product operations, in product strategy, in now product executive, just kind of making my way around and different elements of product management. So I've managed large teams of 40 plus. I've also managed smaller teams. And that's one of the things that I love is to build teams. I've managed people for 20 years now. And that's my pretty much my favorite thing to, to lead and guide people. And then also now I have recently made a shift into fractional chief product officer and product strategy work. So I'm working with several companies and doing that interim leader. Fractional is kind of the buzz of a buzzword right now, but I have found myself in it and I am loving it. So that's me on the, on the work front. I am mom of two. So I have two boys, 16 and 21, been married to my amazing husband for almost 24 years. And we, I think in other personal news, we just moved into our forever home that we, it took us almost four years to build. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it has been a little stressful the last few months, just moving and getting settled somewhere, hopefully forever and ever, but yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And we also have two dogs, which I know you have dogs, so <laughs> you hear them. <laughs> That's why. Perfect. Yeah, I think we're we're kind of neighbors based on your LinkedIn profile. So that's exciting. I love when I get to connect with people virtually, but also having opportunities to connect in my life. So I hope we get to meet someday. Yeah, that's so exciting. I honestly am like when people talk about doing EA work or working in for multiple different companies all at the same time, like you're mentioning with this fractional work. I mean, my hat goes off to you. That would probably drive me a little crazy. So I like to have a lot of things going on. I like a little bit of organized chaos, but I, I feel like I have a couple of different inboxes for a few different things that I'm doing. And sometimes that is hard to keep everything straight. So hats off to you. I love that you're, you're doing that. Yeah, it's really fun. I love our topic as we were kind of chit-chatting back and forth as we quickly were talking about you know, coaching and you've had so many different roles in your career and now you're working with several different companies all at the same time and that can be ever-changing and with my experience as well leading different teams over the past 12 years, we've both agreed that coaching in general for leaders is just not really emphasized as something super important. Not a lot of people talk about it. It's kind of something that you get promoted and you're kind of expected to all of a sudden be this phenomenal coach. I'd love for you to kind of maybe even just dive into why you think that is, why are, why are leaders or maybe managers not actually leading and coaching their team members and how you'd like to see that change? Yes, it is something that I think Bigger companies probably put more emphasis on now. I think companies like Microsoft have really led the way as it has evolved. But I think the shift that we've seen is companies coming from this very highly specialized roles and the depth of knowledge that a leader has. You're a really good IC, so you get promoted into management. And at that moment, you are there to help train and teach and 
make sure that your direct reports know how to exactly do their job. Well, I think that was a great way of managing when there were very, very clear deliverables and kind of the widget based, right? But in this uh, age of knowledge work and just the complexities that, especially with the introduction of AI machine learning, with all of that, there are there's so much context and there's so much changing rapidly. It is impossible for leaders nowadays to be in that constant tell mode for their employees. They can't just be, oh, well, I used to do this exact job for 10 years and now I'm going to tell you exactly how to do it. And they train them and that's it. It is a constant, ever-evolving landscape that the employees are dealing with, the leaders are dealing with. So as people managers, that command and control, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, you know, kind of at the top of the mountain and I'm going to look down and tell you exactly what to do doesn't work anymore. And a lot of that comes down to the managers don't have all the context and they aren't able to make the rapid decisions that are needed for businesses to be agile and get the right results. So that's the big shift that I think we've seen. And companies who invest in their leaders need to be investing in building not managers or bosses, but actual coaches of their people, because that's going to get you the best results. And the research is proving that, you know, over and over again. So I think, I think that is the big change we've seen. And it's really important that leaders wake up to that and become better. But also I think there's a lot that employees can do to help their managers coach them effectively. Yeah, I think you said that so eloquently, Jennifer, just in previous times and kind of more old school practices, I guess we could say, is that there's a lot of things in the workplace that we kind of hope that it works. And then when it doesn't, we then blame the individual and not always the process. And that's really hard. And that's when so many of these bad bosses come about. They're not necessarily bad people. Of course, some of them are not great individuals and shouldn't have been promoted into those roles in the first place. And we can live and learn. But there are so many really great people who I've seen struggle in those leadership roles because they were so good at something and then they were moved into this other role in hopes that they could then write, create more carbon copies of themselves in their employees. And that's not always the case. And I know I struggled with that a lot in so many of my different leadership roles of having all of the, you know, the boxes to check the KPIs that I was focusing on employee performance plans, hiring, firing, meetings galore, all of these things. So then trying to fit that coaching into those nooks and crannies and trying to figure out what even is making a difference was really a struggle. And so I love that in this podcast, of course, we're talking to entry-level team members and how to empower individuals, which this might feel a little overwhelming at first. So listen to it again if you need to, save it somewhere, share it with coworkers and find ways that you can implement all of the great things that Jennifer is gonna share with you today on ways that you can help uh adjust your approach to help your leader be a better coach. Yeah, absolutely. I think you nailed it with um, the fact that there is 
so much complexity. And as a leader, you're pulled in a lot of different directions. And so the fact that you need to be coaching your team members can sometimes be an afterthought. And it doesn't necessarily need to be something that you're adding in. It's almost just a mindset shift in a way of being. It's that it truly is that growth mindset. Like, I don't know everything. I, I'm going to trust that you know more than I do about maybe a specific topic, but I'm going to guide you in a very effective way based on the work that you've been doing and trusting that that person can take your guidance and translate it into, again, the right impact, the right deliverables, whatever it is, the right decisions even. But there's just, it's not something that you have to say, oh, now I have to do this. It's like, no, I am a coach. Like I'm a leader and I'm a coach and it can be infused throughout everything that you do with your with your team. What would you say as advice if someone is in an entry level role, how can they start to maybe recognize that they need to help their leader? A lot of times we expect our leaders, our managers to help guide us. Like that's their job, right? But I think sometimes we're recognizing, oh, they actually aren't coaching me. And how can how can someone in that position start kind of asking their leader to be more of a coach? Yes. So I think one of the fundamental differences between like, for example, a mentor versus a coach is a coach will, I think, first and foremost, understand really deeply what your intention is, either for the time that you have together, like you're sitting in a one-on-one or you're working on a project and you're trying to move that forward. So there's kind of that level that's more of the day-to-day or week-by-week. And then there's the even broader level, and we'll get to that in a minute around just more like career level, gross coaching. But I would say from a more kind of tactical perspective, as entry level or, you know, kind of the the newer you are in your career, I think just recognizing that your manager doesn't know everything and doesn't have all the context and that's okay. So I think part of what you can do to recognize it and then also guide the person that you're leading, because managing up is still a thing that's still really important, is to ensure that you are communicating with them how you would like them to show up, okay. which can be kind of intimidating, yeah. right? Like if you're a couple years in in your career and you have a leader who's been at this for 10, 15 years, it's, it can be hard. But if you can you know, show up and be prepared, of course, but also just asking your manager, like, hey, I have a challenge, right? Like I have something that I'm working on. I would like to provide with provide to you my thinking, like my current best thinking on this. And then I'd love for you to ask me questions and really poke holes in what I'm doing. So if you're able to set it up in a way that you're giving your leader permission to kind of sit back, like it's okay. You don't have to tell me exactly what to do. I don't need that. I don't need anyone to solution something for me, but I need a thought partner. I need someone to come to the table and just really help me dig deeper in this topic or this area that I need to work in or make a decision in and invite them to ask you questions because your leader wants to help, but often doesn't know maybe, or have a lot of tools that they can, they can think, oh yeah, I'm going to probe a little bit here, ask some questions as opposed to just outright telling you this is what you need to do. 
or not do. It's just easier, right? It's it kind of I love the parallels between people leadership and management and and parenting. Like you if you want the cooperation of your children, <laughs> you can't just sit there and like tell them exactly what to do. You kind of like have to guide them along, bring them along the journey. So I think that's the first thing is just showing up with that and setting that intention with your leader. Like I I actually do need you to show up. You you don't have to use the verbiage like, hey, I need you to coach me here. But if you invite them to ask you questions and dig deep with you, you're opening up again that that opportunity for like the gross mindset and exploring things together, not I need an answer right now or what should I do, right? Like present them with what your current thinking is, what you've done so far, and invite them to ask you questions. So that's a, that's a starting point. There's other things that you can be doing, but that's a that's a good way to start. Yeah, I think that's great. And honestly, such an easy way to take that exact same approach with your direct leader and gaining buy-in from other leaders as well. I think you articulated that super well of saying, hey, here are some of the things I'm working on. Here's a project that I'm working on. Can I give you some like things that I've been doing or things that I've been thinking about and see if I'm on the right path. Can I get your advice? I love doing that. Even when I'm networking with people for the first time and we're chit-chatting and, you know, I had a a connection call right before this and our our meeting was supposed to be something completely different, but it kind of shifted in this direction. And when I asked her, I said, hey, you know, what advice do you have? I'd be curious because I know you've been in a similar position because I, you know, had known that from our conversation, but it's so great to ask, hey, do you think I'm on the right path? And if not, what am I not thinking about? Because you don't know what you don't know. And I think that's great that you can use that with your own leader to start, like you said, poking holes, asking for feedback, and then bringing that to other uh, leaders as well and gaining their buy-in, whether they're in your organization or perhaps networking outside of your uh, company as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, I-, I agree. I think it's really important to just maintain that openness and and be pretty direct with with what you're needing. You know, don't don't expect that your leader is just going to automatically kind of read your mind and know that you're looking for a certain type of interaction or a certain type of, you know, again, the coaching versus like, oh, I'm just here to have you tell me exactly what to do. Because the reality is leaders love that, like both from a mentoring sponsorship sponsorship perspective, but also from a, you know, just a growth and development perspective, like their ability to, oh, let me, let me share what I, what I would do in this situation or how I might think of it in, in for, in the form of asking deep, thoughtful questions. I think that's a really good way to get those conversations started. Yeah. And what would you say, because my thoughts on one-on-one, sometimes I think, yeah, a leader can have the agenda. And if they are actually, you know, following through on it and showing up to your one-on-ones and that's helpful, other people say, hey, if you want to grow in your career, you need to own your own one-on-one and be the one that brings all of the topics. So in that kind of thought, what do you recommend is a good way to go about maybe adjusting the structure. Maybe you don't even know exactly what you need yet, but you know that what you currently have isn't working well for you. Yes. So I, I think of it a lot like 
the dynamic of a one-on-one should be really based on the way that both people work. So for example, I've had leaders who are so really on it when it comes to like pre-reads and looking at things ahead of time, providing commentary or resources. And we can knock out a lot of things early, like async even if I know, you know, hey, I need a decision on this, budget approval for this. And there's just really quick hit things so that you can reserve that synchronous time together to dive into things that are, you know, just just more acute or need that back and forth and an actual discussion. So I think figuring out upfront what your leader's style is, hey, would it be helpful if I gave you a pre-read? Is it helpful if I structure the topics? Do you have a format that you like to use? Right. So I would gauge it first and foremost with your leader. So not just coming in like, hey, I own this one on one time. Here you go. Right. Not being too kind of assumptive about how you approach it. But I would work with them and partner with them to understand what their preferences are, how they like to get information or have these conversations. And I think any leader loves the proactivity Mm -hmm. of someone who comes with this is what I'm needing. Right. And I like to structure it just in terms of like, here's kind of the highlights of, you know, what's happened since we last talked. And that's a great opportunity to provide some of the achievements that you've had and call out things that maybe your leader doesn't have a lot of visibility into. So you can talk about highlights both personally and professionally. The other section could be like your lowlights. Like these are things that I'm struggling with or maybe some context that they need about your personal life that is affecting your work if you're comfortable sharing. So highlights, lowlights, and then topics for discussion. So things that you do actually need to dig into. And then the last section I always use is requests. Like these are the things that I am needing from you. And those are generally, again, like the quick hits. Like for example, I would like to take a week off and getting approval for time off. So if you can, number one, I would say partner with your leader because it's going to be different for each one. Make sure they you understand what their preferences are. And number two, try to start to structure it so that you're you're thinking through and preparing. Like I always, for me personally, I always set aside at least half an hour to an hour, sometimes more, but at least half an hour to just sit and really prepare my agenda for my leader because it's very precious time. And it's also the moments when if you get through all the kind of administrivia stuff, and the work stuff, you have more opportunity to ask questions about things that you need coaching on or that you want, you know, to improve in and you have more time to do that. So I would say those are a couple of things that I would recommend for a one-on-one. I would also say though, one-on-ones are great for keeping up with the status of your current work and, and asking for support, but also be scheduling. If your leader doesn't schedule it automatically, I would absolutely recommend that you schedule at least quarterly, if not monthly, career growth and development conversations, right? So you, so that you're not coming into an annual performance review and going, okay, what should I work on? Can I get promoted this year? Like that's the wrong time to be, be doing that, right? You want to be in lockstep about your career goals and what you need from your leader to, to get to reach those. Okay. I think those such great ideas and suggestions of asking the questions, getting on the same page, 
touching base with your leader. Because again, just like you can read any advice, let's say, for example, on LinkedIn, where I've seen people, you know, post this, and it, it so happened to be a man posting this. And I, I always come to the defense of like, first of all, not everyone wants to own the agenda. And second of all, you know, especially women, sometimes it's it's a little bit out of our comfort zone to be more assertive in some of these different ways. So there are, I love what you mentioned about asking the questions. Hey, can we talk about uh, the one-on-one agenda? Because guess what? Oftentimes in the corporate world, we're learning based on and going off of what we have experienced. So if our leader, let's say, cancels one-on-ones often, Uh, above us than below us, maybe they're canceling one-on-ones on on you. And so you need to push back on that a little bit. A big part too is when when highest leaders are canceling one-on-ones on, let's say, your manager, then they kind of get in that similar habit of canceling on you, for example. And it could also be that if they are having frequent one-on-ones, maybe they aren't very structured because that higher leader doesn't really go off of a structure. And so the leader who you report to is simply going off of what they know or what's the norm for that organization. So such great thoughts on getting on the same page because you might ask them a question that they haven't actually thought about of, oh, maybe I, I could have a better structure or, hey, what do you recommend? What would be helpful And maybe things that you're suggesting now through listening to this podcast episode, you can then figure out how to make a better one-on-one structure, but then have that leader implement it with the rest of the team. And that continues to lift everyone up. Definitely. So I wonder what, what would you recommend if someone is trying to make change? Maybe the leader is, let's say, the impression is that they're kind of coasting. Maybe they've been at this company for a long time and they they haven't really cared about uh, growth based on the interactions that you've had. Maybe there are options to change teams, for example, but you you enjoy the organization, you want to continue growing. What advice would you have either including a one-on-one structure if either there hasn't been progress and you've asked for it or maybe even outside of one-on-ones to get that guidance and coaching? Yes. So I would say, you know, I would start by saying the onus is on you to really guide your own career and, and figure out where you need to be. So I would say just don't allow yourself to stagnate based on the, you know, the maybe there's a, leader who's disconnected or kind of not as not as uh, engaged as you'd like them to be. If you are wanting to change it, I would definitely give your leader an opportunity to make any changes by having that conversation, just being open with them if you can. If they're if if you know that you can have that open dialogue and just say, hey, I would love to, you know, kind of reorient these conversations to be more gross you know, heavy, like, let's talk about these types of topics, or this is the way I want to structure this. Would that work for you? Right. Or just try something and then, you know, change it. So I would first try with your leader to have the conversation to make the change. 
Also, though, your growth is not wholly dependent ever on one person. It is really important, especially if you want to get promoted. We're not necessarily talking about promotion specifically today, but if you want to get promoted, you need relationships with all of your leaders' peers. And the reason for that is that, especially at larger companies, when it comes around to annual performance review time, promotion cycle, the people in the room that are going to be making a decision without you there are those are your leader and their peers because they all have to come to the table with who they want to promote. There's a finite, I'm, a, I'm all about abundance mindset, but there is a finite bucket of how many people can get promoted and how much money that's going to cost, right? So they are absolutely playing the game of, well, we could promote these three people or just this one person because their promotion is going to cost the most. And there is a calibration and for a lot of bigger companies, it's what they call it, right? It's like performance calibration. Everyone comes to the table and says, these are my three proposals for promotion. And the next person says, these are my two. The next person says, here's my five. And then it's, it's on. Like there's a big conversation that happens. There's maybe a little bit of horse trading that happens. Not, not, not maybe overtly, but covertly. I, I, and I will say I have been there. I've done that. Like I will go and advocate for someone, my peers promotion that they want, because I know that next quarter I have a promotion coming up of one of my team members that I really want them to support. So I'll support them. And again, all this is just how it works, right? This is the reality. And so if you are working with your leader and not really getting what you need, I would definitely recommend that you branch out and find additional coaches, sponsors within your company, prioritizing the relationships with people that are peers to your leader. Yes, such great points. And I have lived all of that in the same way as well. And I've been that loudest voice in the room trying to, you know, speak highly of my team members that I was competent in and try to make sure that I'm pulling out these different ways of remember when you worked with them on this project or that thing. And, you know, if you don't have a leader who's going to bat for you, finding the ones that will bring your name up and it can be a tough space to navigate if your leader isn't directly bought in on you for whatever reason. So you're networking with some of these other leaders to say, hey, I would love to grow into this role, whatever that next level of growth is for you. Clearly communicating that and asking them in those networking sessions, hey, if I'm looking to grow into this level what is one thing I can be working on right now? Because then that lets them know, hey, she's interested and B, she's willing to do the work and then see if you can follow up and say, hey, Jennifer, I know you gave me this advice. Here's what I did with it. And that is like icing on the cake for leaders to hear that you're actually taking the advice from them and they'll bring up your name. And again, it can still be a little bit of an uphill battle if your direct leader isn't bought in on your growth. But if you have enough people bringing up your name, that leader is going to kind of look questionable if everyone else is saying, yeah, we've seen how hard this person is working. What aren't you seeing? 
And then that's where it's kind of like, oh, maybe maybe I'm missing something, right? And then they start to get bought in there. And so it, it can be tough to navigate. And one thing that I would recommend too is if you're not getting those one-on-ones consistently, even though you're con- you're voicing that you want that, I recommend to people to send an update via email to their leaders. So there's kind of the paper trail instead of having your one-on-one document, you're maybe updating that and and sending them an email with the text in it. Uh, And then maybe that's looking to do a skip level with someone slightly higher and say, hey, I'd love to check in and, you know, growth is important to me and I love this company and I want to continue growing. Can I share with you kind of where I'm at and get your input? Again, get their buy-in by asking for that feedback because that can help with that growth. And if you say in that meeting, Sometimes I'm having a hard time getting consistent one-on-ones with my leader. What advice do you have for me? That's, again, another s- small way for you to put it on their radar that, hey, I I want growth and I'm, I'm asking for it. This is what I've done to try to get these more consistent and they keep getting canceled and I'm trying to be understanding, but I want to make sure my growth isn't halted because of a lack of these one-on-ones. What else can I do? So that again, when that leader sees that all these other people are bringing up your name, except for your direct leader, they can have more of that knowledge as to why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, amazing. So, so much helpful insights. I think if anything, it helps people recognize I'm not alone if I am feeling like I'm, what are one-on-ones, first of all, and how do I get more of these with my leader and how do I get them to be a little bit more of a coach? This whole idea of managing up your right is ex- it's so important and s- extremely important at this entry level. So Jennifer, I'd love to ask, is there any other advice or guidance or anything that we didn't cover that you'd like to share? I think it's important that you have that conversation with your leader about what you want next. It can be a little bit it can feel uncomfortable because you're basically saying, I don't want to be at this company forever. I don't want to be doing what I'm currently doing. And you may worry about coming off as less committed, but a good leader, and I really want to emphasize a good leader will want that for you. They'll recognize that, oh yeah, of course you don't want to be doing this exact same thing five years from now, 10 years from now. Of course, you want to be moving on to maybe a different company, right? And sure, if you want to stay with a company and grow with that company, that's great. But I would just be really clear with what you want because you want to be working not with your current job description. Your current job description goes out the window, honestly, almost the second you start interviewing. And that's probably a different topic, but you are crafting your new job description the second you start interviewing. Because I guarantee you're going to hear things through the interview process. They're going to make you think, oh, that's not really explicitly called out in the job description. And you're absolutely right. And so you're coming into a job with fresh context and new ways of thinking about what it means to do that job. And then from there, you want to always be working towards the future job description. So don't like... Throw that out the window the second you start getting more familiar with the role, the leader, the team, the OKRs that you're going to be executing against, and then always be working towards that next 
JD, the job description, like I'm here, I want to be here in however many years, maybe you don't have a set time frame, but having that ability to know what the gaps are between where you are and what, where you next want to be is the thing that's going to help your manager provide more career transparency for you and better coaching. Because coaching is not just, as we've talked about, it's not just one-on-ones. It's not just networking within your current company. You can get coaching on the skill sets that you need, the type of network that you need to be developing outside of work. You can leverage your leader for their knowledge about the industry that you're in or the types of companies that you want to start working in, and then also leveraging their network. So if you see that they're connected with someone who could help you in the future, ask them for an introduction. Don't wait until you are ready for your next step and want to move on and within a year. like You need to start that now so that you're prepared and always working towards this is where I am, where I want to be, and having your leader really be a partner in that and helping you move forward. Because they are, I guarantee, a really good leader wants that for you. They want you to break out and do something different eventually. They don't want you to just be doing the thing consistently for years and years and years and invite them again to be a part of that. And they'll be, I, 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 I'm excited as a leader when someone comes to me and says, you know, I think in a year, I don't want to be doing this. I'm like, great. What does that look like? Like, let's get you there. Right. Because the reality is you leave, they get to hire someone new or possibly use those dollars to restructure the team. Maybe that's better for the business. So there's just a lot of possibilities that open up when you're really honest and open about what you really want. Yeah, it sounds like you're saying a good starting point is to get get a conversation with your leader to get on the same page of where you're looking to go. I think for a long time in my super early career, I expected my leaders to kind of drag me along for growth. Or that if I just simply do good work, I'll get promoted. And that also is not always the case. You need to communicate and use your voice and share, I am looking to grow into this role. Again, what are some next steps that I could do to start preparing for that? I'm not saying I want to be that right away. I will never forget. I can picture myself in this, you know, it was it was a woman I was talking to a female leader at a workplace that I was trying to get promoted at. And I got turned down so many times. I lost count probably for my own protective trauma. But like I got turned down so many times and I had asked her, you know, I was trying to get to that space where I probably wasn't as eloquent as I am today of communicating that I wanted to grow. And she gave me something to the degree of, you know, Nicole, I think she said something to the degree of nine out of 10 people want to grow into a team leader role. What makes you any different? And I I think she was trying to like push me and inspire me. But at the same time, it also felt like, you know, quit, quit trying because so many people want this. And I, I wish she would have helped give me or that I could have known to ask a better question maybe of, okay, what is my next step? If, if nine people out of 10 want to grow into this next role, what could I do to stand out? Help give me some of that guidance. And it kind of felt like it just stopped there and it was an awkward conversation. But 
that's what the whole point of this podcast episode is, is to give you so many different avenues, taking advice that you shared, Jennifer, and it was so great of so many different ways people could take this and start with a conversation, start with giving some feedback. Hey, can I give you some feedback or can we, is this structure open for change? You know, just because it's how we've always done it, is that always how it needs to be done kind of thing? And and feel a little bit empowered to see what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think one thing to just as a takeaway is you absolutely have more influence and, and ability to make change in your dynamic with your leader than you think you do. I think a lot of times, especially for those earlier in their career, there's a lot of deference that comes in. There's a lot of, oh, and especially if they have some like amazing pedigree or they've been at other com- like big companies and And so you kind of get this like halo effect of, oh, this person is obviously, you know, knows exactly what they're doing. Leaders like myself, I've been at this for 20 years. I've led teams for 20 years. We're just making it up as we go. We don't really know what we're doing. Like we're all just, and again, that goes back to why coaching is so important versus because I don't, I don't know the answer to a lot of these things now and things are moving too fast. So ensuring that you're stepping back and taking a moment to think through what is it that you want and need from your leader and openly communicating that. And I would also say if you are in a situation where you have, I don't want to get too much into like the negative of like bad bosses at the end here, but if you do have a situation that is untenable and there's not a good rapport that's been developed with your leader, especially after trying for several months, Maybe it is time to make a change. And that's another thing that you can have a conversation with other leaders in the organization. Like, hey, I might want to come work on your team at some point in the future. What what would that look like? What would I need to do? What would need to be true? How can I build towards that? And again, a good partner leader, someone who's maybe a peer outside of your, your team or department to your manager will keep that in confidence and make sure that they're guiding you and leading you, obviously, in in line with what the company, what's best for the company, but also working with you to understand like, oh, so this could be a future possibility. You're in marketing and you want to come join the product team. What could that look like? You want to be always planting those seeds in people's minds like, oh, this is a person who has ambition, clarity in what they want and the willingness to put themselves out there and ask for guidance and help to get there, to get to to where you want. So a lot is within your power. And, and I would say just, yeah, seize the opportunity. Yes. Oh my gosh. I could go off on so many tangents, so many good things here into bad bosses and the networking and changing all the good things. But yeah, we will, we'll definitely have to come back and revisit another episode because this was so great. Jennifer, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yes. Thank you for having me. All right, friends. I hope you loved today's episode with Jennifer Moore. I will go ahead and share her LinkedIn through the show notes. So be sure to go connect with her. Let her know you checked out the podcast. Tell her a key takeaway that you had. I know when I'm a guest on other podcasts or hear from you listeners in my LinkedIn DMs, It is always a treat. So if you enjoyed this episode and you've gotten some helpful takeaways or 
Maybe you have some additional questions and you want to reach out to her or myself. Be sure to connect with both of us over on LinkedIn and we are more than happy to help. Again, don't forget to check out all of the links in the show notes to help you get exactly what you need and that career growth guide freebie is linked in there as well. You're going to want to download it so that you can have that direction to grow in your career faster without the burnout. All right, until next time, we'll see you later.